0: Welcome to Sea Time, everybody, the off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. So, episode 106, that's a one, a zero, and a six. It's kind of the way all those big numbers break down. It's a lot of digits these days. It's kind of freaking me out that I have to remember all of these numbers. But we're figuring it out we're making sure it happens. So what you're watching right now is Seat Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. We like to call that our new, more professional uh, tagline. But if you will, we just remember, we want you to always enjoy a pint full of awesome. That's kind of the way that it still works. Um, so Seat Time, this is the beer, drinking, and show for anybody that wants to talk, motor, uh, talk about dirt bikes. Uh, mainly, it's kind of the off-road side of things. Because uh, that's what I'm good at, you know? I'll talk to anybody about any kind of motorcycling and stuff, but it's the off-road stuff that I do, and it's the off-road stuff that I don't mind talking to everybody about for hours on end. We, of course, like to try to keep this show around about an hour. Um, you know, you've got time. That you're going to go spend with your family or do something in life. Same with myself, but we still want to make sure we get this in. So we're here for you, and I'm you're here for me, and we're just going to be a happy family. Ha <laughs> You hey, see that, Steven? That was off the cuff. What? Happened. All right. So, time. SeatTime.co is the website where you can always find us if you haven't already found us there watching this right now live. Of course, we're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash time and Twitter is SeatTime underscore CO is our Twitter handle. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. You can find us. You can follow us there. If you just don't like watching, you can listen after the fact on Stitcher and iTunes. You could just go search for Time. Bam, and there we are, and you can listen to us on the races or anything like that, so you can search through all the episodes. I think that that's what you guys should do. So, of course, a little bit of house cleaning. Can't say thanks enough to all of our sponsors. Fly Racing, so you can check them out, flyracing.com, uh, Power Sport Graphics, so ridepg.com, where we have the discount code of SEAT TIME, and then, of course, uh, for this episode, our third sponsor is Stillwell Performance. Uh, I've got some great stuff to talk about them when we get into their ad a little bit later, and this is all just personal stuff that I'll be talking about. It's, it's by no means scripted. Uh, can't thank them enough. So if you guys didn't notice, I might just happen to be wearing such a badass new quote shirt that we got from one of our awesome guests that we took, or uh, from our awesome fans. We took, we turned it in to a t-shirt and it is fantastic. Um, if you guys like the design, you can go check out our good friend Brian Voril at voraldesigns.com. We don't have a lower third for that, but it's V-O-R-E-L-designs.com. He's the gentleman that made the shirt for us. And uh, yeah, so there it is. Of course, please go buy that. And uh, We don't mean go buy it. What we want you to do is we want you to support us. Um, We're not t-shirt manufacturers by any means. This is just a good way for us to have a little bit of extra squirrela for things like going to Oklahoma City for gas money to get out there and do the shows, all that kinds of stuff. So seattime.bigcartel.com is where you can go get all that jazz. If you're not in the chat room, please join us, tlk.io slash seattime. Okay, I had just enough Canadian Hunter whiskey to get through that intro. Steven, do you think that I did an okay job? fantastic all right well now that i have completely talked too much about things that you know don't matter as much as the people that we have on tonight i would like to introduce our first guest mr cameron Ishmael. what are you doing tonight man
1: (laughs) uh i actually went and saw a movie with austin's mom
0: that's kind of (laughs) creepy
1: uh yeah and no so no place
0: no austin huh just austin's mom
1: and his grandma. Wow.
0: So you're into older ladies. All right. That's cool. I try. Hey, I hear you. When you can't get the younger ones, you might have just try the other side of the spectrum, right?
1: Right? They're set. I'll move <laughs> in with them.
0: <laughs> you're like, "Man, they're old. They can hold down a job. They have a steady paycheck. You know, they already know what other problems are. Nothing crazy's going to come pop up." <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Well, dude, uh I want to just talk to you a little bit about what's been going on in life. You know, that it seems that there's been a lot of crazy changes uh, with, you know, with bike changing, with just kind of moving around. You got a new job. People that are listening now weren't listening back when you were on the show in episode 47, which was like February 2012. So it's been a while since you've been on the show. So just, you know, break it down, dude. How you been? What's been going down?
1: Uh yeah, I, I started um, delivering at UPS uh, just a little over a year ago, you know, so I've been driving and uh, it kind of made life easier, you know, I wasn't working in the hub, working nights because that, that screwed up my eating bad, you know, because, I mean, what's open after 10 o'clock at night, nothing but fast food.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and no,
0: yeah, and that, that, that'll do numbers on you for sure.
1: And uh, so, you know, that was good. And, you know, I got to hang out with, you know, Cody and Austin because, you know, working nights, you know, I never got to hang out. And we can actually go road bike, mountain bike. You know, I can work out other than by myself. So, you know, that kind of, you know, made me more excited to work out and uh, made it easier. And, you know, the hours work better. You know, I can do stuff during the day. And the only drawback is working Saturdays, <laughs> especially with Toro, you know, because yes. I, I didn't even get to practice other than uh, the parade lap Sunday morning, and same with Dad. <laughs> you know, we both work Saturdays, so we were both kind of a little disadvantaged, but, I mean, it's not that bad.
0: Yeah, it's, it's good to have money in the bank and to have a steady paycheck that you don't have to rely on your sugar mama for, right?
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. That's good. To, it, I, I it does me I know that you were really excited. I, I remember seeing all the Facebook updates and stuff like that when you kinda you know moved into the world of, of uh out of the hub and into the into the driver's seat and moving around and delivering packages. So that's that's been something you feel better about just kinda like where you're headed, I guess, like with UPS and stuff like that.
1: Oh yeah, because you know in the in the hub, none of your supervisors you know, you didn't know how to become a driver. They don't tell you because, you know, they want you to keep doing what you're doing. (laughs) And so when I finally got out, you know, I started seeing, I was like, man, you know, they just, you know, they just want to work you in the ground. They don't ever want you to better your career. And, you know, driving, it opens up the doors, you know, because, you know, later on when I get to like 40, I'd like to slow down and just become an 18-wheeler driver. You know, they just, all they go do is go from building to building, either pick up a trailer and drop it off, and I mean that's it. <laughs> so, so you're so talking they, about our, way, our friend like
0: Roddy Gray? Is that what you're? Are you referring to that? Yeah, that? yeah, <laughs> that old Roddy's man right. that doesn't do nothing except 94. drive a drive
1: a truck. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, that guy. Well, is uh, yeah. So he's talking about our friend Roddy Gray. We race in duros with him at TSec and stuff. He's a crazy dude. Uh He uh, makes fun of us for being younger boys that drive to the races together and we make fun of him for being him and his older gentleman friends that drive to the races together. So you can only imagine the interesting discussions that we have on Saturday evenings about that. So um um so you you know got things a little bit more stable in the work life. Are you doing any kind of school or anything like that or is it really just work and racing?
1: Uh I I stopped with my associates uh last January and uh you know I had like I think I have around eighty seven hours and I mean I think about going back from time to time, but it just you know, work, you know, some weeks I'm really busy, sometimes it slows down to where I'm like, Oh, I could go back to school, but you know, with the inconsistency I don't wanna start and then, you know, not finish a semester and waste all that money. Yep. So it kinda kinda keeps me back.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely I mean if I have any advice? It's definitely something that you'd want to try to find that stability to figure out because even if it is just you know going towards an associate's that then slowly becomes a bachelor, I think it's something that you do need to kind of work on. We all, we we all had our aspirations of being uh, professional dirt bike ragers and making a lot of money and being awesome, and I think you could still have that dream, but I know I can't. So I'm glad that I at least had a degree to fall back on to kind of, if nothing else, open doors for me to learn things that I now know and was able to use in life. So. <laughs> yeah, we've got people in the chat room that are like, you need to get your education because it's important. So do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think you should keep doing that. And then I think the biggest, most interesting update as of recent with you is the fact that I could say you're back on a KTM, but that's actually not true because it was only like 12 hours. You were on a KTM a couple of years ago. So you were on a KTM, a 2013 450 and your dad's on a KTM 450 as well.
1: Yeah, the exactly the same bike, same year, everything. <laughs> nice. Okay, so
0: and you guys, and you guys did get some. I wouldn't say flat, but there was a lot of interest around when you guys had kind of switched to KTM's. Uh, Were you? I'm sorry, you had swapped to a KTM two-stroke for uh, about a weekend, if even just maybe a Saturday, um, a couple years ago, and then you went back to your Cowies and stuff, and then now you're back on KTM's. And it looks like you're there at least longer than just a Saturday. So what's what what's kind of been the decision-making there? Why have you decided to, to try it out again? And obviously you've decided to stick with it this time.
1: Well, uh, I was kind of, I mean, I would loved my cowies before, but this last 12, um, it just, I don't know, something always kind of felt off on it. And the way the tracks were becoming, you know, they weren't quite as fast. And I wasn't able to put the power to the ground like I wanted to or used to. And so I was like, man, you know, I, I want to try a two-stroke again. And so, you know, me and Dad went up and talked to Todd Tarver and Burt Reynolds. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right, this time, you know, I was like, I don't care what happens. If I get last, if I get first, I was like, you know, I'm not going to go back to the Cowie. I was like, I'm going to commit. And uh, so we did. And, you know, I was... I had to be patient with the two-stroke because it's so different. But, I mean, it was a fun switch because, you know, it was something new and I was excited and uh, I was struggling like from, you know, the first race at Caddo was hard pack and, I mean, I I was doing everything I could to keep it straight and I was like, holy crap. And, uh, you know, even at the pit, um, I had a bad wreck and just, you know, it beat me to death. You know, I was trying not to get frustrated and then at uh, Iowa Park, I actually had a really good race and you know I had actually got real close to Caleb. You know, he still beat me, but I was like, Well, hey, you know, I can at least be competitive. And uh then the next race it felt like crap again. <laughs> and so, you know, I was talking to Bert and I was talking to Ty Howard and I was like I was like, Man, you know, I wanna try to get a four fifty and so you know, they're trying to find one that we could get and um I would rode Burt's at Iowa Park, and I liked it. So I was like, "Yeah, I was like, I want to, you know, I want to have a 250. I want to have a 450." And so we got one, and I went to Stories TCCRA, and uh, I did my first lap with Troy on my 250, and I was like, "Man, this feels like crap." You know, the dirt was perfect. The track couldn't have been any better. And, you know, I can't even hardly ride. (laughs) So I went back to camp. I grabbed the 450. Dad's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just, I'm going. (laughs) You know, we hadn't even set the sag or nothing. And uh, I went and did a lap. And I was like, okay, I'm racing this bike. And so we set the sag and I did one more lap. And I was like, yeah, I'm racing this. So, you know, then we put hand guards on it and put my bibs in. And I mean stock suspension but it it was really good because that xc stuff you know it's i guess softer valving than i'm used to on the sx and so i mean the whole race i mean i could put it wherever i wanted it and uh you know i finally won one (laughs) it was the last one but i was like hey i'm going out on a win i'm happy (laughs) the 450 you know it's like that's where my comfort's at so i I at least got it figured out by the end
0: (laughs) yeah um So it definitely sounds like you've kind of the way that you've developed. You're more of a four stroke rider, Um, but now that you're kind of used to the KTM four hundred and fifty, what are what are some of the big differences that you've noticed coming from that KX four hundred and fifty to the KTM four
1: hundred and fifty? You know, a lot of people, you know, they had me freaked out about the weight. They're like, "Oh, it's so top heavy because you know the different engine." I'm like. it's a little heavier than the Cowie but I think because of that it turns better you know I can stick a corner on the inside better than I did on my Cowie and the biggest thing to me is the power because you know the Cowie's are always fast and I mean I'd have to clutch it to keep the front wheel on the ground where the KTM it's a nice smooth power delivery so I can be more aggressive and really hammer down and not have to worry about wheeling or none of that it just it goes.
2: Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. And, uh,
1: yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, we sent it to a uh, factory connection a few weeks ago, and uh, the valving, you know, they did it differently than my Cowie. Like everything, you know, my compression was at 20, where on my Cowie, it was at 14 for all the stock sayings. I was like, you know, I was like, don't worry about it. You know, it, it's a different bike. Don't let it mentally mess you up. Yep. And, you know, in Road River Valley, and I mean, they dialed it in. I mean, it was awesome. So, I was, you know, I was happy about that because I was a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different bike, but I mean, it it's a Cadillac.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And um, do you think there's anything, w- were any of the bikes that you were on when you were trying some of these KTMs, they, were they still PDS or were all of them fairly new enough to where they were like the XCs that have had linkage?
1: Oh, the, they were all linkage. All linkage? Because, um, Yeah, I had a, my 250 SX was a 14. Okay. So, and, you know, the 213 XCFs, they have linkage as well. You know, I've heard some people, they don't like it, but, I mean, you know, the Cowies have always had linkage, so I'm like, well, you know, I really don't know the difference, so let's go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I, uh... I have I have the 2013 300 XC. Uh, you know we got it last year and we kind of did the whole seat time photo shoot with it with all of the Brella babes and stuff. I mean who doesn't like a couple fantastically looking women in bikinis with their bikes, right? Raise your hand, everybody. Okay. Um, and we did that and I've been I've honestly struggled with that bike for a long time and I I did I didn't realize that I was struggling like that I was like oh my gosh how do I figure this out. And it wasn't until I just sent my suspension off and got it back for the first time I've ever had it like professionally gotten essentially works suspension, you know, like the pro valving done um, and a lot of their personal aftermarket parts that uh, I got it back, put it on the bike, set the sag and went out and rode it. And without even touching anything, I instantly felt so much more comfortable on that bike. And I had been on a 2009 250 XC where it still had PDS, Um, so I I had never found a way to make, I guess what I was trying to do was make my 2013 feel like my 2009, I just never could do that, Now, not to say that this suspension makes my bike feel like it's a PDS, but it makes me feel so much more comfortable on the newer frame and the newer geometry um, and things like that, that honestly, like some of those open sections, I've never felt so comfortable going so fast. Now, I know I wasn't going as fast as you guys were in some of that stuff this past weekend, but it's crazy how, like, those little things that you would never even think of to try. Can, and granted, I say little, but suspension is one of the biggest things out there, but I just, you know, that's always so much money. Uh, but now that I'm doing seat time and I'm in these situations, I want to have the experience to be able to talk on these points. And it's like, holy crap, I never, ever realized that how much of a difference it really does make to go to that top-level performance you know, when it comes to suspension. So it makes a hell of a big difference.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely, because, I mean, you know, you can you can go to feeling like, oh, you know, that, that felt fast, and you get on, you know, something like your suspension's done, and you can hit it completely different, and you're like, wow, I thought I was going fast, and, you know, there's... There'll be little dips and stuff that you would think, oh, I need to slow down. And, you know, now you can just you can hammer down and just do a little wheelie and know that it's not going to kick you and you're going to stay straight. Yeah. You know, it gives you that confidence. And I mean, that definitely changes the game a lot.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: I wish I had a. I, I I've, we've been really busy at work just these past two days, so I didn't have a chance. I wanted to try to get some of my helmet cam footage prepared so we could actually play it tonight from the track this past weekend. And I know that I, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. But one of the things that uh, that I thought was really neat is uh, we came across and they had this kind of what I call a mogul field. Because we call them moguls back in Louisiana just because it was just these up and down, up and down. And when you got on top, they had these kind of just cool little uh, ravines that they dipped in, dipped in and out of. And I was I was just hitting those things. And I was like, cool. It's like a dirt jump feel. Like, I just wanted to make it into a bunch of doubles. And uh, I, I've just, I've never, ever gone, you know what? If I come up short, my suspension's got it. Ever. Like, it's just, I've never thought like that. And it just instantly, I had the confidence to think like that. And so it was so cool um, to have that kind of a, I don't know, that, that kind of a confidence. I don't know. It's like. You never. I've never been there, so it was just really interesting to have.
1: Well, it's funny that you say that because I think I know the section you're talking about. It's real close to where the parking was. Yep, yep, that's the one. And uh, if you're you're done with parking, you do that little straightaway, and you're pretty much running right next to the road. And uh, there was like a 15-foot little roller, and then you went up and it rolled back flat. And Cody had told me Saturday he doubled it. And he quit doing it because it got all cupped out. And I looked at it the first lap and I was like, yeah, that's stupid. And then the second lap, you know, I I guess I was in third and I was feeling really good. And I came around there just like third gear wide open and did it and, you know, completely straight. And I was like, sweet, you know, that's two and a half seconds a lap right there. So, I mean, (laughs) I did it the next four laps. And, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things you you don't think about it. And then you're just like, all right, go for it. And, you know, (laughs) it worked.
0: And then like, yeah, and it, it, like you say, it, it just felt so right. You know, you're like, oh, pfft, that was nothing. And So now, you know, you can kind of do it all over again. So it's weird how those little tiny confidence boosters uh, work for you. So uh, I do want to spend some time talking about the races past weekend. I don't think Toro gets enough credit. I wish there was more awesome winter series like this out there. We could get more coverage for people um, and really just kind of keep the racing going. And I think that that's what Toro wanted to do so long ago. And, you know, so what did you think? We had round one, Toro season, started it off, and obviously you won, you know, you and Drew were kind of going at it there at the end, uh, Drew Higgins, but just kind of give me your whole uh, synopsis on the weekend and the track.
1: Man, um, the track, I I think that was the best it's ever been at Bridgeport. You know, we've had a few TCCRAs out there, and you know, we even had a, a, a torn or two, and You know, they were always fun, but I mean, this one, it just, it flowed better. I mean, it was some of the same single track, but I mean, the changes they made, you know, the fields, the fields are always fun. And, uh, you know, they took out that back section. I was trying real hard to get put back in before the race. They wouldn't do it.
0: Yeah, that was Um, fast.
1: (laughs) And unfortunately, I'm pretty sure that's where Garrison crashed. I mean, I was trying to talk to people and find out because I heard he hit a tree. And I thought it was at that little chicane where they thought was safer. Um, but, I mean, the track, I mean, I just loved it. You know, it it did get rough, <laughs> really rough, actually. Like, the fourth lap, I was just like, okay, my suspension is no longer <laughs> soaking it. I mean, like, my, my biceps and shoulders were sore because they were getting shook so much. I was like, I can't be the only one <laughs> that's feeling this way. And... uh But, man, I I was good with the start because, you know, with the button, I was like, you know, dad got a fourth place start. So I was like, hey, you know, that that works for me. And uh, luckily, (laughs) I started fourth, too. And I was surprised how dusty it was because me and Dylan both at the end of the first real long straightaway, we almost missed the left into the little rain ruts. Like we were we were so far left. We had to come back to the right just before the corner. And uh, we got a few miles in and Dylan didn't make the log. So, you know, uh, Hayden actually passed me (laughs) and then we went around and uh, I was following Hayden. And, you know, I I was kind of mad at the time. I was like, dang, I just got passed. But he was showing me lines that, you know, I didn't see. And I was like, wow, I didn't even, (laughs) you know, I'm looking over left and you could drop down over here to the right. And, you know, I didn't even see that. So it was actually a good thing because, you know, my second lap, I got going, got around Hayden, and I could see Caleb, you know, way ahead, probably like 30 seconds. And I could see Drew, you know, roughly probably still 20 seconds ahead. And uh, towards the third lap, I could really see Drew, and he was, he started looking back, and I was like, okay, you know, I got it now. And I came into the chute right behind him, and I guess Caleb had pitted. And I didn't see him turn off because they said he spun his bib off. Oh, and yeah, I, I heard about around, that. I come around like where the flat tires were that we just went around and Dad's holding up the number one. I was like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I started hauling <laughs> and uh, I'd opened up a little gap on Drew and then uh, I was doing that straight away around the blue line up and downhill where the mud ruts were and i don't even know what happened like i just grabbed the front brake to stop and next thing i know i'm sliding on the rocks <laughs> and drew actually stopped he's like are you okay and i was like yeah yeah go 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 and uh you know i get up and my left palm was like i guess i bruised it really deep cuz i mean i couldn't even grip i was just holding on with my fingers and i was like man i just let drew win <laughs> i could feel the blood dripping down my arm and i was like God, this sucks, and I'm riding, and I started seeing him, so I was like, okay, so, you know, adrenaline kicked in, and he pit, and I was like, okay, and I, I missed my parents, or my dad and Clay, and so I went, you know, I was right behind him, and, uh, I ended up getting him at the, there was that stair-step hill all the way in the back by the fence, and I always was doing the hill to the right, and I came out ahead of him, and, uh, you know, I was just going for it from there and I mean, he he stuck me like glue. I mean, <laughs> Drew was riding awesome. I was like no mistakes and you know, I was just trying to pick my lines good cuz I didn't have that strength in my hand. I was like, "Okay, I can't hit these rocks exactly how I want." <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I could just hear him back there, you know, I'd kind of get ahead with some lappers and then I'd hit some and he'd get right there. I mean, it was it was just fun battling with him cuz I mean, that was a really good ride for him. So, Yeah. It was a blast.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you guys, that you had even more of a fantastic race than what we could see from kind of trying to to try to catch up with you guys. It was neat for me because, you know, I did four laps. I didn't put in a fifth lap. I got uh, what I thought was just a front flat. And then, of course, when I get there and I'm talking with everybody, you know, I was like, man, it's my first race back. My first cross country race. I feel fantastic. I had four great laps. I'm I was in second place. I was, you know, keeping him in sight, if you will. Um, and I'd kind of catch up and lose him, catch up and lose him. But, um, and then I got that front flat and I was just kind of like, ah, oh, dude. Okay. And I just didn't let it bother me. I was like, you've had so much fun. You're safe. You're totally healthy. If you could go out there maybe and try to catch him, but it's like, what's it going to cost you? It's, it's not worth it right now. Like if it's the end of the season and you're in the points chase, sure. It's worth it. But right now it's like, oh dude, I'm not dinging up a rim or something stupid just for this. Cause those are some serious rocks. That we had oh, to deal Oh, I was filling
1: them through the bib. <laughs> so yeah,
0: so man, I was just like, "All right, dude, cool." So I pulled over, and James is trying to talk me into going back out there. He's like, "I'd never do this." Blah blah blah, and I'm like, "You shut your face!" I was like, "Shut up, James," because <laughs> he was talking to me so bad, man. I was like, "No, no, really, I'm in a good place about this." And that's when the, I think, uh, "What was it?" It was uh, uh, Rick. Rick Nolan comes up and goes, "Man, you stopped because of that rear flat tire?" And I was like, "No, because of the front." He goes, yeah, I guess you didn't see the one in the back. So I actually had two flats. But that's what wrecked right when you and Drew came by to start your sixth lap, like cuz had been hanging out I guess for about 10 minutes at that point. Oh my gosh, did you guys look like you were it was so awesome. And then you guys you guys when you pitted together like you were talking about, it was so intense cuz it it looked like Drew was going to pass you there, but he had to pit too. So it was so cool to see you guys and stuff. oh, it was and Drew I don't think had a dry break. So you could tell that like he had to stop and twist off his cap while somebody else ran over and poured and then he had to twist it back on so
1: Well, see, he pit the lap before when I came out right behind him so you know, I I expected him to pass me there but I guess they only put in like a quarter of a gallon <laughs> so he had to pit again and oh, you know
0: Oh, okay.
1: I don't have a quick fill because you know that's a two point six, but we have a a stock tank quick fill. But I mean, you still luckily Clay Smith is really quick at taking off the cap. Okay, yeah, (laughs) because it it, honestly,
0: yeah, (laughs) honestly, it looked like your dad was dumping, and the other guy ran over, and like you said, I mean, he was so fast about it. It looked like he just grabbed the zip tie, you know, on your typical quick fill cover, and boop, like so.
1: Oh no, he he got the cap off that quick. That guy <laughs> I has. Told him I'd buy his lunch next week. Yeah. He's Like, oh no, and I was like, okay, ice cream. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll buy your ice cream. We definitely need to take uh take wrist wrist movement examples from that guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh,
1: he, he's got it down. <laughs> yeah.
0: All you married folk, we'll get his we'll get his we'll get his personal email from you and we'll get we'll get notes and we'll send them out. Seat time notes that come out on Thursday. I think that might be a whole another uh, a whole another email blast we'll put out there. Well, um, I, I I I know it sounds stupid, but I had a blast. I have not. I mean, I, what was it? I did Oklahoma City, the National Enduro out there two weeks ago. Had so much fun riding that Sherco 300, uh, and then now I got the. I had a chance to come out to this Toro race race now. I was on my own bike, so I felt a little bit more comfortable. But then I got on that suspension and just felt, oh, it's was like, oh, my gosh. It was like that track kicked ass. Um, so I'm very excited for the series to be back. I'm, I'm actually really motivated now um, because it's kind of like, all right, cool. You know what? You're you're not in such a bad place than I thought I was. Like I was like, that guy Greg Pippen has got some damn speed, and I need to find a little bit more because, you know, it was when I started making those small mistakes when he could easily leave me. So I was like, okay, alright, I gotta I gotta figure that out. And I know too, I have to work on my ability to sprint well and then recover quickly. Cause there's those times where I'd maybe make a mistake and my heart rate would get up and I could tell right off the bat that I was just trying to breathe. I just couldn't breathe. Um, you know, so I wasn't obviously my conditioning's way off and stuff, but man, I was like I came home driving home, I was like, okay. I was like I miss this. I'm excited again. This shit is awesome. Now I remember why I do this. Like I was like, um, I called my dad. I was like, dude, we've got to keep making back to more races together. I miss you, you know, it was so awesome to have such a fantastic weekend. You know, and it's I haven't seen you guys, you know, all the all the cross country guys in so long. So it was really great. I enjoyed it. Okay, I am I am I be tearing up?
1: Hold on. That's awesome (laughs) Nah
0: you guys are awesome man It was a great time So um, I wanted to know Obviously we're talking about Racing and formats And all that kinds of stuff Is there anything that Have you seen What's been going on In the northeast With the J-Day format
1: no, I have seen some videos and it makes me really angry because they look like the funnest races ever. <laughs>
0: okay, well, that's kind of my question, is because of the fact that I just wanted to know if you think there's anything to that. Um, you know, you, you are a local pro who is a, a, a top level local pro in our local cross country enduro um, kind of series is and stuff like that. You go to a couple of regionals and you do extremely well. You know, but you're watching that and it, does it does it give you any kind of go, "Hmm, I kind of wish that stuff like that happened around here?"
1: No, I mean, definitely, cuz I mean it, it it looks like a lot of fun, and I mean, you know, they're doing a bunch of laps, but I mean, it, it's just a different style race. And I mean, I think it would definitely be possible to have one around here if we just, you know, got enough people together to do it.
0: Yeah, and one of the things too, I think that when we had John Day on the show when we were talking with him, I, I was like, "Hey, dude," I was like, "Here's here's my one thing." I was like, "You have epic, epic terrain up there, and they get a ton of rain, so their moisture content in the ground is like always phenomenal." I was like, "You come south, like southwest, even just a little," I was like, "You don't get that, you don't, you don't. You know I mean, like, so I don't know." like I think you'd have to do so much work to find good properties cuz in his case it's a privately run series you know it's not it's not it's not the way that we do it here he goes and makes all the tracks he does all the publicity uh he does all the you know staffing his on his own things like that so it's it's run a little bit different than a lot of the, the series in Texas but I still think it would be an interesting I don't I don't know like one of the things I mentioned is if maybe Toro could do that like on Saturdays opposed to have 'Cause Toro Toro wants to be the more technical series, you know, like a little bit less practice, a little bit tougher tracks, things like that. Um, a little bit longer races. Why not say, okay, we'll just have one parade lap, and that gives everybody a chance. That's an equal opportunity chance for everybody at eight AM or seven AM or whatever to go get their one lap in. But on Saturday, we have some kind of J-Day style, you know, race where it's a thirty to forty minute moto of maybe a 3 to 4 mile track, but it's it's not like a 3 to 4 mile grass track. It's like let's make a fun, wide, lot of lot of rubbing, racing type of, you know, 3 to 4 mile track that's right by parking so everybody can see all the action.
1: So, so you're talking about a separate track from the track we'd be racing at Toro though? Yes,
0: or it could be a portion of it.
1: Because just it, it like could four be miles.
0: right, and it's just they just loop it in a certain way. So I mean, and I know you help out. Your dad is a promoter as well, and you help out with his. So you know, I mean, what, is there any kind of thought to that? I mean, I know it can't happen this year because it's not in the rule book and all that stuff, but maybe possibly for next year.
1: I mean, I think that would be a great idea because I mean, you know, there's there's some people that only do go out on Saturdays and practice, and it would give them a chance to race and. You know, it would give other people a chance. Hey, if you want more practice, go do this race, and you know that would even help. Only doing a, a forty-minute race, you know that would help with your sprinting, whether you think it does or not. Like when I go do motocross, I mean it does because the intensity is so much higher. You're not you're not setting a pace. You know, you're just you're going all out. So I mean, that would you know would kind of give you like two different races in one weekend at one place.
0: Yeah, and I think too, like there could be a whole thing about it where it's like, it could be a you know a literal two payouts for pros, you know, if there's a Saturday race, it may not be two of the same caliber type payouts, but it could at least still be you know two payouts.
1: Right, gas money. Yeah, gas money. (laughs) If nothing else,
0: and that's and I know that's not the whole that's not the agenda, you know. I mean, like of a weekend, if you will, like it's not just to put on a race for pros to make money. I mean, that's that's sometimes the agenda if you want your race to get bigger. Because that's the only way you're gonna attract, you know, national and outside regional talent is money. You know what I mean? And I, and I get that. That's fine. But that's not what we're trying to do with these series. You know what I mean? So. Well,
1: well, the crazy thing is, is even even money doesn't really do it. Cause I mean, you know, back in the day when Dad did Cleburne and we got Demuth to come out, you know, it we had to pay to get him out there. And you know, at Malakoff we had like a. I think was a $2,500 pro purse. And I mean, no one special showed up. And so, you know, promoters were like, what's the point of getting a huge purse if you're not going to get people? But I mean, you know, changing what you're saying, you know, adding like a JDA style race Saturday, you know, that might stick out to so some like, hey, that looks like fun. You know, that's different. So, because it, it's real cool having Garrison here. Cause I, yeah. Uh, poor Drew told me at Pullville, he's like, hey, uh, do you know Bobby Garrison? I'm like, Bobby Garrison's not out here. He's like, yeah, he is. Caleb told me. I'm like, Caleb, don't even listen to Caleb. He's full of it. <laughs> and <then laughs> I go around the corner, and I see Caleb. I'm like, dude, why, why are you messing with Drew like that? No, he's here. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I felt bad for poking at Drew. And, you know, sure enough, there he was. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, so for those that uh, don't know, Bobby Garrison, the works racer, yes, from out west, he has actually moved to uh, Fort Worth, Texas. His wife got um, got a new job. Well, not a new job. Her job transferred her to Texas and obviously being married to her and in love with her. And he has now followed her to Texas. Um, and he he was his he still has his works race bike. Um, I believe an enduro cross bike um, in uh, California. So that way he can make it back easily for those races. But he is going to be excuse me, going to be continuing to do a lot of Texas races. So I think that's awesome because that is going to be able to give a little bit of more notoriety to some of the races that go on down here in the Mid-Central, if you will. And then, of course, uh, it's going to give you guys a hell of a lot more competition.
1: <laughs> Not me, you. <laughs> no, I'm excited for it because, you know, other people are like, oh, man, Garrison's here. And I'm like, I think it's awesome because, you know, someone of that caliber you can learn from because, I mean, you know, they – they're obviously on another level than we are, you know, especially the races they're doing. So, I mean, they see things completely different than you do. And so, you know, riding with them, following them, it opens your eyes up to a different way of riding. And, I mean, it's going to make you a better rider.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Well, cool. Well, dude, I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm not going to lie. We went a little bit over. But we got into this weekend, and like I said, I teared up. Mm, But I felt good about it. It was an awesome kidding. weekend. I didn't really, but still, I thought about it. I might have leaked from another orifice, but hey.
1: <laughs> Let's you, not go into that. All
0: this fun race talk just gets me going, buddy! <laughs> and maybe some of the Canadian whiskey, or whatever. Probably. Probably. It's always a good time. Well, dude, Cameron, uh, if anybody out there wants to learn a little bit more about you and socially would like to interact with you, are there ways that they could possibly do that?
1: Uh, I don't use the twitter but uh i'm on facebook and you know i'm at the races and i mean most people have my number or they can get it from austin or cody (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) that's the way
0: all right so for anybody outside of texas how are they going to find you
1: facebook facebook cameron ishmael you can creep me on Facebook. Mm,
0: that sounds dirty, and you know how I do it. I'm in. <laughs> I'll creep you in on anybody. Well, cool, dude. Thanks for taking the time. Sorry we didn't get the video going, but hey, that's why we gotta tech solve some problems beforehand, opposed to just try to wing it right at the end, right?
1: Uh, I'll take full blame. It's yeah. my bad.
0: Boom. No worries. Well, dude, take it easy. And I am not gonna be at the next Toro. Unfortunately, my father was uh, is very very excited about the Formula One race uh, coming. You know, being in Texas for a while. So he and I are gonna go enjoy that in the father son duo, but I will be at the third one. So
1: Okay, you're missing out at Thackerville. I
0: dude, I know it. how good a track that is. I know. <laughs>
1: well, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, man, no worries, just uh keep it keep it on the stopper and have fun, all right.
1: All right, thanks, Brian.
0: Alright, dude, we'll talk soon. All right, all right. So Cameron Ishmael, awesome pro local Texas dude. Uh really appreciate him being on. And of course you guys can go find him on Facebook, as he would say. Just search for Cameron Ishmael. Um, before we kind of go over to our next guest, uh, Jay Solstrom. I'm probably going to screw that up, but I'm going to ask him about it in a second here. He's going to come on. I, of course, want to say thank you much to Fly Racing for their support of Seat Time. Um, so it's winter. Technically, it's winter. It's still kind of warm here in Texas. But one of the things about winter is you have to think about all the things that get cold. And when you're a little person like myself with these little tiny woman hands you have to worry about the fact that they get cold really really easy Um, and so fly now has a series of gloves out that are called their Tidal gloves they as well have their 907 cold weather gloves which are great but they have even a better uh... title glove out now which is more winter oriented and of course they have a lot of snowmobile guys that run these and a lot of guys that do a lot of you know in the snow type situations but what's great is that you can get these for motorcycle you're still going to be able to ride them, have fun uh, they have short and long which with the short and long i think is cool because if you're not in the snow you can get the short if you're in the if you're in the snow get the long it's going to help keep the snow out in case you do what i do a lot and which would be eat it Nobody likes to do it, but it happens, and we just have a good time. We keep going. So go check out more about those gloves at flyracing.com, um, and you can email Dale, tell him I said hi, and that he's awesome, and we appreciate their support of seat time. Right? Dig it. All right. So we've got our second guest. We've got video, and he looks he looks just as handsome as all of his pictures let up to be. So Mr. J, how is your evening going, kind sir?
2: Not too bad. How are you guys?
0: Dude, Good. I'm halfway through my second glass of Canadian Hunter Whiskey and Diet Coke, and it's seat time, buddy, Tuesday night in Texas. Where are you? Are you Are you, you're M-N, uh, Minnesota? Minnesota,
2: yeah. Mankato, Minnesota.
0: Minnesota. So what are the three words that you say the most strange to somebody from Texas?
2: God, I don't even know.
0: That, that sounded good in itself. I don't even know.
2: No, we I know have- I lived out- Texas for a little bit I started to say y'all I lived there for like six months and within two weeks I was saying y'all to everybody yeah
0: (laughs) you're like you're like I said y'all I got a cowboy hat and a pair of cowboy boots and it's like I don't know why but I just did you're like ah shit kickers it's a good time well uh what did you what did you come down to Texas for six months for
2: um I went down there to ride uh over the winter my sister lived down in Austin yeah so I, I moved down there and, and grabbed a couple jobs and just did some riding down there over the winter and then came back to Minnesota about April. Dude, you gotta do that again
0: during the winter because we have our awesome winter Toro series up here in North Texas. And yeah, you-
2: I totally would if I could. Yeah. Now yeah. I just lost my, my free place to stay. She moved to Denver now, so
0: I would go to Colorado, screw Texas go to Colorado (laughs) whatever man that's fine with me I'm going to just come visit you guys and stay with your sister in Denver (laughs) (laughs) so get out of Texas pretty quick alright so I want to know first off how bad I'm going to say your last name and you can judge me on how bad I screwed up you ready alright Jay Salstrom
2: that's close Salstrom
0: Saul Salstrom it's like Salisbury Steak Absolutely. Sure. You're like, why not? All right. So, Jay Salstrom, we want you to tell us how badass it is to be such a wicked cool uphill racer because that's all you do is you go uphill really damn fast on scary on machines that scare the shit out of me. I'm not gonna lie. I watch these YouTube videos on these nitro methane bikes, and it's like, I mean, it's intense, dude. I don't, I don't know. That's like. An extreme sport that i don't think i need to be involved in but i want to watch
2: yeah i mean we get going uh pretty fast pretty quick and you know it's pretty much just like your your crotch rocket motor that you see you know the crowd rockets that you see on the on the road and then we uh extend them out and throw nitro to them and they're just crazy fast <laughs> yeah and
0: Okay, give us a little bit of a breakdown, because you are a current champion in the extreme class, is that correct?
2: Unlimited class. Unlimited
0: class, okay. And then within the unlimited class is when it's called the unlimited class. Is that is that is that that's broken down by motor, is that correct?
2: Yeah, by CC. So it's it's uh, 700 CC is enough.
0: Okay. And so you're the current champion for 2013 in the unlimited class, but you got second in the extreme class?
2: Yeah, yeah the extreme class is... Uh, 451
0: to 700 cc's. Okay. So, bikes that I would never throw a leg over or consider putting nitro in, you kicked ass on.
2: Right, yeah. P-
0: pretty much, pretty much. All right. So, here's here's the one thing I want you to kind of break down for me is I noticed, I, I guess my whole thing is I can remember watching on any Sunday. You know, we've all seen the video of Malcolm Stewart, the Widow Widowmaker, riding that stock bike uphill. And though that mountain cli- that you know experience of hill hill climbing looks so different from what you would see nowadays in hill climbing nowadays it seems like it's so much more of a stair step approach uh, with you guys going up so I wanted to know if you could explain to me kind of that if if there has been a progression um, because obviously my knowledge is extremely limited throughout the time on this but w- how it's kind of progressed you know the way that you guys race um, essentially these hill climbs
2: yeah, I mean, like a lot of the the stuff on the East Coast is all a lot faster paced, and, and like you said, kind of that stair step jump to jump, and uh, a lot of the the West Coast stuff, like where the Widowmaker is, like what you're talking about, that's just kind of a you know a climb to the top, and you know a lot of guys will go there, and, and you might only have a handful, five or ten guys that are that are going to make it all the way over. Okay. So, on the East Coast, you know, majority of the guys are going to get over. But it it's the speed and and how fast you can get over is uh what kind of we're all about on the on the east coast
0: okay so so for you guys with that when when I see the ones that are a little bit more of the stair step approach, those might be not as difficult in the sense of of making it to the top, but they're it's more difficult in the sense of trying to get to the top at the fastest speed possible
2: right yeah i mean from from bottom to top you you're charging the whole time, you know so. I mean, you're, you're on it all the way to the top where, you know, on the East Coast, on some it's a little bit harder to get up. You might, you know, purposely go slow in one section and then try to get a drive in another section, you know, and yep. and work your way up instead of bonsaiing it and, and screwing up and then going down. So it's a little bit of a different approach, um, East versus West. So, But, uh, yeah, East Coast, we're a lot about the speed and, and charging for the for win. wind.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, and uh, it, Amanda Campbell, who uh, is kind of the, the the helper for me, who is who's got me in touch with you guys and stuff like that. She she was running the AMA uh, Pro uh, Hill Climbing Twitter account. She reached out and she's given me a lot of great information and sent me a bunch of YouTube links so I uh, links so I could kind of watch and learn. And I'm like, okay, no, I, I I I've seen a bunch of this. I enjoy this. This is awesome shit. Hell yeah, I want to talk to the guy. One of the things that kind of blew my mind is when they do some of the, a lot of the guys' video, and they'll pan back. I mean, and there are a crap ton of people just hanging out. I mean, be it on a hillside, whatever is behind this big hill that you guys are climbing up. Um, there's always a crap ton of people out there watching these events. Are these participants at any means, or are these just people that are like spectators that are coming out and enjoying the day, watching you guys rev the shit out of these bikes?
2: Those are all pretty much, uh, you know, spectators. We get our our guys that follow, you know, the series that race the series, and we have, you know, probably anywhere from 20 to 25 guys in each class, and you know, probably 15 or 20 of them that definitely follow the whole series and hit every race. But yeah, all those people that you're seeing out in the in the in the crowd or whatever, they're all people that showed up and and came to watch and and party and grab some food and, and watch us throw down.
0: Dig it, yeah. There was one I can't remember. Uh, like I said, she sent me quite a few videos, so I was kind of clicking through the links, watching all the videos. And there was one where I mean, it was they had like a uh, a motorcycle parking lot. I mean, it was just all all street bikes. You know, just dudes that had ridden, dudes, women, people of you know street bike riders riding their bikes in. And I was like, that is a shit ton of bikes. I mean, they're just like, holy crap. You know, we get a handful of guys that will come to some of our cross-country races and enduros and stuff just to watch on their bikes. So that's pretty cool that you guys kind of pull in that many spectators, I and mean, that's that's pretty bitching. We did have a question from the chat room um, yeah. a, 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 in typical fashion. Our buddy Zach Hubert, he wanted to know uh, – or not – he doesn't always want to know about money, but he has a lot of questions. Um, he said, is there a lot of money in hill climbing? Because it, like, it seems like the backers that are there are very, you know – influential in the sport so he's kind of wondering how that kind of breaks down
2: yeah yeah I mean it's it's definitely not not the scale of money like you see in in motocross and supercross and things like that you know that's not even it's not even close but uh, you know for me to travel from Minnesota out east every weekend or whenever we race or whatever you know for me I got to be pretty much on the podium in both classes to make it work Um, we have a minimum purse for everywhere we go so we're guaranteed uh, it's just under $1,000 to win. And then uh, as more people come through the gate, as far as spectator goes, I think it's like right around 1,700 people. And then after that, we get uh, a percentage through the gate. So we get what, what we call an overage. So as, as more you know people pull, pour through the gate, we get paid a little bit better.
0: So that is actually a fantastic incentive because that's a way for to get like somebody like myself who i mean I'm not going out as a pro trying to make money, but if I were and it's like you know every ten percent more over a certain number means that I get a percentage more of that kind of money coming in then if of course I'm gonna try to get you know more and more people to those races, that's awesome. How long has that kind of uh incentive been going on for you guys is that been is that new or has that been there for a while?
2: Uh, I think it's been there for a while. I've been doing this since 2010. I'm not exactly sure what they did in the past, but I think that's kind of been the normal thing for quite a while now. So, I mean, it's kind of nice for us. We can get into what we're guaranteed to get, you know. But, uh, you know, we like to see the the crowds come, and, you know, the more people, the more money we're bringing home.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's really smart. We already have I, – I noticed we do have one promoter – For uh, a race in the chat room right now, and he already says that's a great idea. And I, the dot 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 means that he is going. Hmm. Hmm. I think I'm gonna have to implement something like that for one of my races. (laughs) Well, cool. Okay. You said you got into this about 2010. I would imagine that in the past three years you didn't just start riding dirt bikes. So I would. So by get into this by 2010, you kind of mean that's kind of when you got into hill climbing, or have. So, what kind of got you into dirt biking in the beginning?
2: Well, I started riding when I was four, and we were part of a a club here in in Mankato, Minnesota. My dad was a part of that, and they have a a motocross track and 80 acres of trails, and then they also had an amateur hill climb that they put on. So, you know, I watched that for a little bit when I was younger, and we tried it when I was, like, nine, and we did all right, and then, um, you know, we kept doing it. We followed the, the whole amateur series, and you know, we started winning and, you know, it's like anything else. You start winning and it gets addicting. (laughs) Yep. And, uh, so then we did that. And and by 2009, I had five amateur national titles. And, and then 2010, um, a guy on the Dr. Bob racing team, he got hurt. And my buddy was, was racing on the team out of Rochester, Minnesota. And, uh, his dad kind of helped do the legwork to get me the opportunity to ride that bike for the the injured rider, and then uh, you know I got the phone call and got the opportunity to ride halfway through their season. Man, well that's awesome,
0: and it seems like it's been paying off because of the fact that you're, I mean, you're the national champ right now in the in the ultimate class, and obviously extremely close to getting it in the extreme class. So, tell me a little bit about this Dr. Bob Racing team because as I said, I have seen, I remember. Us sitting down, we we would record whatever channel. It's like, oh yeah, like say I do Lucas Oil. You know, Lucas Oil always records every dirt bike race or whatever. Well, I remember there being something, and we got a bunch of hill climbs. So tell me more about this Dr. Bob because I've seen a lot about his team all over the place in these hill
2: climbs. Yeah, he's uh he's the guy behind all the you know the Yamahas that uh, race in the AMA Pro Series, and he's been doing it for. For, you know, 20-some years, I believe, in, in the pro stuff. And uh, probably even longer than that. And, you know, he just uh, has been at the top of the game for so long. And now he's got, I believe, 18 national pro titles. And, you know, he's been kind of the the team, the top team this whole time. And I'm glad I could get two for him. Yeah. So, I one in, go ahead. I said, I won one in... Uh, 2011 and then I got one in 2013 man riding for him
0: that's pretty wicked and then 2010 obviously is when you you had a chance to kind of throw a leg over one of his bikes and prove to him that you could do it I mean that's pretty awesome to see that you know being able to have that opportunity has really showcased how good of a rider you are and how much you can focus and kind of you know essentially proof is in the pudding type of stuff how your bikes are crazy like, I mean, you, I've looked at the pictures of the Dr. Bob's hill climb machines. They are extremely specific dirt bikes for this, you know, this type of hill climbing. Can you kind of talk me and then us kind of through a lot of the, the little stuff that you guys work through on a day to day kind of training basis that's really specific to these bikes that, that, you know, what goes through into making these hill climb machines?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely not a bike you can just walk into the, the bike shop and buy. Um, we we try to get a hold of some motors first, and then pretty much from the neck down is it's it's all custom. So, you know, Bob he's built he's got five uh, nitro bikes. He's built all five of them, and and uh, you know like I ride a uh, Yamaha R6 and the Yamaha R1, and then we got to go in. And, and beefing up all the motors so they can all handle the the nitro because the nitro so so vicious in there and um you know riding a nitro bike is it's just like an explosion when you when you drop the clutch you are you're going somewhere if you're not ready that bike's going and and you're staying there so then then we stretch them out you know to so they don't really so bad going up the hill with all the all that power and then um uh, we throw chains on the back tire so we'll use like uh an ice tire and then we'll throw Baylor train bailer chain across the tires, and that's where we get all our traction. And chains is just crazy traction pretty much everywhere we go. You know, when we land off a jump and, and we turn it on, it's instant pull. That wheel seems like it never spins.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, that was the thing that I was looking at these pictures, and I think it probably was about four to five bikes that I saw lined up in most of these pictures. And, the, you know, the ultra-long luck, like, I mean, extremely long swing arms that you guys have on there in the time that you've been doing this as more and more power has come out of these engines you know it's been transferred to these rear wheels i mean i would imagine that this is the case but are you seeing the swing arms just getting longer and longer and longer to kind of help Um, keep it from being able to lift that front end so much
2: yeah i mean i think we we've pretty much have found a good you know, starting point where we can go to a lot of these races and our in our length will stay the same. But you know, I've had had first rides where I've I've come down and you know we've all agreed where, you know, hey, I can't keep the front end down. Let's let's lengthen it or or do a couple teeth different gearing change. And uh, you know, these bikes are so powerful. We do a a two teeth or a four teeth gearing change. It's like it doesn't even matter what it is. It, it's just gonna pull it no matter what. You know, it's <laughs> how how fast do you want to go? You know. And, you know what I mean you can go you can build a bike to go faster now but you got to be able to con- you know control it. So
0: talk me through okay cuz it's funny cuz we got a couple, bunch of people in the chat room that were like I really want to do this the other guys like that's stupid I don't want to do it but I mean I'm like uh I kind of have the itch to do it but at the same time it's like just watching on YouTube these nitro bikes I mean you can it, there should be flame coming out of the back of these things. I mean, that's how badass they sound. But it's like kind of try to talk me through the, the how it would be that first time that you're just like, "Okay, you have to commit, obviously." I mean, there's just no non-committal to this because if you're not committed, right. the bike's going to fly out from your hands like that. So, but right. beyond beyond just being committed, like what is the this the, the the what does it take to hang on to that shit and just go?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, the first time I ever ro- rode one of his bikes was uh, in New York, and I never had no test run, no uh, hole shot ever, and I had to get on the line for my first ride. It was just like, okay, you know, this bike's just pinging pretty high up in the R's because you run the, the idle a little bit higher to keep them lit than, you know, say your normal four fifteen, you know, where it's just kind of barely idling over before it kills. But, uh, you know, I, I rode open bikes and amateurs i have a cbr 1000 rr that i rode as an amateur just on pump gas and so that's kind of that gave me some experience on you know that kind of power but then the nitro going from a nitro to or from gas to nitro is just way way different and um, you know i got on that bike and i looked behind me i'm like jesus this thing is just longer than hell (laughs) and i'm thinking okay just Let that go and, you know, just ride like I know how. And, you know, I went into it with, you know, with with confidence and rode like I knew how. And it was actually sweet because the guy that won that race out in New York um, the the prior year, he's like God out there. And so he went over and set the new fastest time And then I rode for the first time ever. And I beat his time the first round. So everyone was like, Jesus, who the hell is this kid? And I kind of put myself on the map there so yeah they're crazy for sure
0: so if we had any kind of advice would it be to maybe start on the gasoline powered and get in uh, at least get a couple runs under our belt before we went to any kind of nitro <laughs> powered machine
2: yeah for sure i would definitely start on on gas you know to start out because then you can kind of get an idea of well you know that that kind of weight too, flying through the air and how that's going to land and and all of that and how that all reacts
0: yeah for sure well um so obviously you know Excuse me, specifically to to us who run the show and stuff like that. We're Texas, um, so and you're 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 north, just straight up north, and a lot of the races sound like you're kind of northeast uh, for you right now. Uh, what's the closest race, kind of for us, uh, that you could think of? I mean, I'm no geography uh, expert, so we don't have to get specific, but you could guesstimate a little.
2: Yeah, geez, I would think closest race for you guys would probably be like Ohio. I want to say.
0: Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because
2: yeah, we can race.
0: hit Illinois and then head east.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd say Ohio. I mean, that's the closest race for me. Otherwise, the next closest for me is, like, Michigan.
0: God. There's two places I don't want to go, Minnesota or Michigan. <laughs> i go to Minnesota. That's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, we could totally do a hill climb in Texas.
2: Yeah, just find a hill, and then we'll come. <laughs> Yes! <laughs>
0: that was way simpler than I thought it would be. There was a two-step process right there. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm going to do a quick ad, but I don't want you to go anywhere because we're going to talk about some other stuff that's going on in our sport. Is that cool with you? That's cool. All right, dude. Don't hold it. hung on really quick. Okay, so obviously, seat time. Can't say thanks enough to all of our supporters. One of the great ones, of course, is Powersport Graphics. So PowerSport Graphics, you can find them at RidePG.com. The discount code that we have is SeatTime, right? Now, what's really cool is they actually are running a very uh, large promotion right now to where if you were to purchase over $100, you can get your shipping for free. What's even better about that is you can actually use the SeatTime discount code on that order. So you can use it on your order and get the free shipping. Um, So that helps out a lot. And they're doing that, I believe, until the end of the year. Um, We do have some things that we're going to post a little bit later about what they're running up until the end of the year. Obviously, with the holidays coming up, there are going to be kinds of crazy discounts, just everybody wanting to get rid of all their fun stuff. But one of the things that I like about what PowerSport Graphics can offer is all the customization of graphics. So you can call them up and you can be like, hey guys, oh my gosh, these are my logos, I want to put them on my back, I want it to look cool, and they can do that for you. Um, and and that's, that's pretty much what I do Because I don't really know how to describe Any of that kinds of stuff I just say those things Look cool Badass I want chick's t- tops to fall off As long as those three things happen with my bike Then I know that they did a pretty good job And so far My wife's pregnant And I'm going faster So Bam That's all because of my graphics So go check out RyPG.com Use the discount code CTIME And obviously We thank them for their support Of seattime Muscles All right so, you're riding Yamahas right now with Dr. Bob, correct? Yep. Okay.
2: Now, well, tell me. Got, yeah, go ahead. I, I did last year, but actually, as of now, I don't have anything. He actually um, just came out and said he was retiring. Oh. Team owner was, and so we were in talks of you know buying a couple of bikes, the two bikes that I was riding and um so we negotiated that idea for a while and and uh we had another idea we we put past him for um you know getting them uh for a couple of years after but uh he ended up at the last race you know he just told us he did, the bikes were sold and uh so that my last race in October when I clinched the championship was actually the last time I was going to ride those bikes ah. so that kind of puts me in a tough spot right now. I don't have, going into next year, I got nothing right now. So, I'm, uh, you know, I've talked to some people, and there's a guy that can, you know, build me bikes, but, that uh, you know, all takes money and, and support. And I got good support behind me, but right now, it's just not enough to, to go out and race. So, and I don't want to go out and, you know, go for that fifth or, or sixth place spot. I want to, if I'm going to go and do it, I want to go and win and, you know, second place isn't really an option.
0: Yeah. Well, what does it mean? Not just, I mean, obviously it means a lot for you as a racer who was under this, you know, under Dr. Bob. What does it mean for the sport? I mean, it sounds like this guy was bringing in a mass amount of knowledge, uh, amazing bikes, um, and really kind of helping, you know, elevate the competition of the sport. I mean, is it, is it, you know, him not being there with all that, is that going to change things for a, a lot of people?
2: Um, you know, I don't think it'll change too much. I mean, there's other, other teams that are, you know, going just as good, just as strong. And, and the Dr. Bob team, we had three other riders and, um, you know, he sold four bikes and three of those other riders are going to be riding those bikes. So, um, you know, for me, I'm just, he's got one extra bike and, and we just couldn't come to an agreement on, on purchasing that bike. So, you know, I'm not going to give up and I'm going to keep, uh, keep pushing and try to find support so i can go defend that title
0: yeah no for sure man i think you got to do that i mean that's yeah it, it's funny we were talking with uh, jason thomas a couple weeks ago he's the he's the uh 2012 xc2 gncc champion uh and then for 2013 he was second place uh, he'd be moving up to the xc1 class next year for uh in gncc and uh, at the current moment he doesn't have um, any kind of a program that he feels is, and I don't want to use the word worthy, but that is to the caliber that he knows he needs to compete at the level that he wants to compete in that class. Um, and it, it, it's tough, I, I can imagine. And he's he's already kind of said, he's like, you know, if, it's, if that's just kind of what it comes to, then he's like, I'm just not going to race next year. Um, he's like, not that I don't want to, but he's like, I know what it's it, going to take to compete in the XE1 class at a competitive level for myself, and if I can't get that, and he's like, uh, just what you said, he's like, I don't want to be competing for, you know, five, you know, 10th through 5th, um, in that kind of a sense. So, yeah, that's got to be really tough.
2: Yeah, but, uh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, we'll just have to to wait and see what we can come up with. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm definitely never going to call it quits until it's, you know, until we really can't get something together. But, uh, you know, it's kind of weird growing up and, and had bikes, you know, all through the amateurs and all that, and I've never been really put in this position where it's like, Okay, am I going racing next year or what does next year entail? And you know, being being a champion and all that, knowing you can win, the last thing I want to do is sit on my couch and check the results and knowing I could have won that race that some other kid just won.
0: Right. Alright. So. Scariest moment for you on a hill climb with these machines that sound like raped apes
2: um probably one of the worst things that can happen to you is is getting behind these bikes um you know you don't realize how much power they have and and you get behind them you know you say you land off a jump and you know it's not like other bikes where you might spin a little bit and then take off you're you're gonna pull right away so getting stretched out can be kind of scary you know I, i've never had had a too bad where I've gotten a lot of control and you know straight armed and stretched out but you know I've been straight armed but I've been able to kind of climb back up on it so we actually had my teammate he uh he kind of got stretched out at our last race and had a really gnarly crash and, and busted up his femur and his, and his uh in his hip so he had a uh, surgery and he's healing up and what I hear he's doing all right so that's good but you know, probably the worst thing that could happen is get behind these bikes and, you know, when you get behind them, you're trying to hold on, but at the same time, you're you're twisting a handful of throttles, so, and that just makes things worse.
0: Yes. Um. Was that the dude, I, like I said, I've been watching a lot of these videos, was that the dude that was in the, f- was like, blue and white Fox gear?
2: Yep, yep.
0: Okay. I need to find this video and send it to you guys.
2: Yeah, that video was probably the most gnarly, most vicious crash I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, Devil's Staircase Hill Climb, 2013, right? Yep. Bam. All right, it's going to the chat room. This is the wreck we are referring to, to the chat room. Um. So, yeah, you can pretty much search uh, Devil's Staircase Hill Climb, um, yep. and you're going to be able to find it. It's in – Oh, wow. How – Organia, Ohio? How do you say that? Oregonia? Or Orgonia.
2: At least that's how I say it. I guess no one's ever told me different. Right? You're like,
0: hey dummy, that's totally not the name of our town. <laughs> like <laughs> No. I live in Makani, Texas. No, it's McKinney. Shut up. That's what I call it. You're like, I'm sorry. Apologize. <laughs> you know, I didn't mean to get it wrong. Well, um you know, with you guys kind of being in such a specific uh part of you know, kind of the, the moto two wheeled side of the sport. Uh, how, how are you guys kind of, how, how do you see your sport evolving? Um, you know, I, and I guess I kind of asked this because of the fact that so many years, you know, in the early two thousands, we kind of saw with the economy crash, everybody kind of was like, Oh my gosh, deer and headlights, things were so good. They right. didn't, there's money everywhere. Uh, they didn't know what to do when that happened. And I think things are a lot better. I think these people are being a little too cautious and they're still not thinking outside the box enough. But regardless of that, it's like, what kind of, how do you see, you know, y'all sport evolving and kind of continuing to stay with it and, 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 you know, continuing to evolve.
2: Yeah. I mean, when it all crashed I mean that's when it was really bad. But, uh, you know, since I've been in it since 2010 till now, you know, it's only gotten better. And, uh, we're getting more recognition, and you know that's big thanks to uh, Amanda Campbell and Scott Campbell, and, and like Rob Rebin and you know all our officials at, at the, the PHA. You know they they work their butts up to kind of give us recognition, and you know we've got some sponsors on board that help out, and uh, you know I think it's just continuing to get better, and, and we're getting more followers, and you know we get more people out at our races and things like that, and that helps. Us riders out, we're making more money. So, you know, I think we're we're doing a lot better than what we were, and I think it's just going to continue to progress. Um, is there anybody
0: that's doing any form of live broadcasting at y'all's events?
2: Um, I think it was two years ago. I think it was we had Map TV. Map TV went to every one of our races and I think they aired it within a, a week or two. Um, that's live.
0: That's what it was. It was Mav TV that I watched it on because I was still living with Jason and Vegas, and we would drink beer and watch the hill climbs.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's what you got to do. Um. Well, no, I mean like uh, I wonder I wonder what it would take to get like guys like Steven and myself out there because we're doing this live over the Internet. We've got the technology. We don't have the per- equipment per se owned, but it's obviously rentable. Um, I wonder if this would be something, you know, three or four cameras placed specifically on the hill and ornate locations, if you will, um, to capture this sport and get it out there to more people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You guys should, uh, should look into that and get out to our events and we'll try it out.
0: I think so. All right. Well, cool. We'll dig it. I'm down. Well, dude, Jay, I really appreciate you taking the time to come come on the show. Uh, I know you didn't have a clue who I was before uh, before today, but hey, you know if there's anybody to ever just go out on a limb for, it's this guy. You know,
2: when, I, absolutely. I'm I'm totally a fan.
0: Yeah, I, I offer free mustache rides, so <laughs> you know it's it, ladies, men, I, I would say kids that just get a little weird. So sugar mamas, sugar daddies, anybody, you know, it's really kind of, I only say as long as you're 18 and you can make your own bad decisions, I could be one of those bad decisions.
2: I'll keep that in mind for sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Dig it. So it's obviously a social media world. We love it when people are social and tell us all about their social lives. So of all those social places people could find you, where can they find
2: you socially? I'm um, on Facebook, Jay Solstrom fan page, and then uh, Twitter is at J. Sahlstrom. That's pretty much uh, where you can find me.
0: Yes, on the internet. If you search for his middle name, you might find naked pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No. Wait. What did I do? Am I in trouble?
2: You, did you try it?
0: Uh, just don't search for my middle name. That's all I'm gonna tell people, because that that's that's where I get all my information from. What was it? The whole thing like you find out your porn star name if you take like the street you grew up on, and what was the other thing? There's something. Oh, I wish I remember that because it was really good. Then your middle name? Is it? I don't know because if that's the case, mine would be Roosevelt Edward.
2: <laughs> and it's mine it... would be terrible.
0: Yeah. That's not a very good porn name for me, is it, Roosevelt Edward? It's I mean, it's it's a strong name, but it doesn't sound doesn't sound big, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, we're probably going into deep dark secrets at this point. We probably should stop. <laughs> All right, Canadian Hunter did a really good job. Jay, we appreciate you being on the show. Good luck. Keep us up to date on anything that comes up. Uh, hopefully, you do get something, man. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to have you back on. And please, uh, yeah. Get Amanda to get in touch with us. That would be really cool if we could figure something out about maybe getting up there to try to broadcast a couple shows.
2: Well do. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, dude. We'll have fun out there and tell your lady friend we said hi, okay?
2: Alright, so <laughs> later, dude. Later.
0: Peace. Alright. <laughs> so I do have to say thank you to one of our other supporters the seat time stillwell performance um I, I don't know if you guys have noticed but we have uh, we've been kind of swapping back and forth a little bit we do have uh flex bars and stillwell flex bars and stillwell well this week is stillwell performance um stillwell performance is the company that did the suspension upgrades for my bike that I got done um and I, I, I kind of wanted to keep it a little um, personal, we were talking about earlier, but I could tell you right now, I had no idea it was going to be that big of a difference. Um, I called them up, uh, went through their whole process, and then I was like, "Okay, I've never done this before. I've had one person who's a, kind of a local, you know, a couple hundred bucks do my suspension, a little bit of revolving, um, and, and things like that." And it it helped, made a big made a difference, but it didn't make it did not make the difference that I got. From sending my suspension to Stillwell, and you know the process that I went through with them, um, I did get the whole new bladder, all the pro valving uh, in the forks, in the shocks. Um, sure, yes, this was a twelve hundred dollar investment that I made towards my motorcycle and myself. Um, but I can tell you right now, the the difference that it made was completely worth it. Um, I can tell you now and speak to the fact that is the place to put your money is definitely in making sure that the suspension that you have on your bike works for you and for the riding that you're doing. Um, what was so great about this experience is that I was able to go onto their website, I was able to fill out the rider form, and then I was able to take a call with Alan Stilwell, and he and I talked for 30 minutes about who I am, how I ride, what's on my bike, why I don't have things on my bike, why I have things on my bike, um, and then they made adjustments from there um and then when i was able to get the suspension I, I got back in touch with him and i was like okay these are the weird things that i'm feeling he got right back in touch with me i was able to make adjustments at the track um and make it feel even better um because that's the thing is you do kind of have to to kind of troubleshoot a little bit i mean it, it's you know to just that's why you've got the clickers for those micro adjustments between the uh, macro adjustments that they're going to be able to make in the valving um with the shim stacks and then actually changing out the valves into their pro valves Uh, obviously the $1,200 mark is, is the top of the line that they offer with all of their top of the line parts. Um, if, if that's not what you're looking for, they do have more kind of entry level things. I would ask that you just, at least if nothing else, give them a call, go to their website, tell them that you're interested to learn more. Um, because of the fact that those dudes are super cool. Awesome. I can't wait to hang out with them in Vegas. It's going to be fantastic time. I am Beyond the moon, excited about my suspension. I want to learn more about this. It blows my mind. Being so involved with it from the mountain bike world and now feeling so ignorant to the dirt bike world, I hate it. And I'm super excited about it. So please go check them out, StillwellPerformance.com. Uh, can't say thank you enough to all of our all of our sponsors for their help with seat time. It's been a great time. Um, yeah, it's been fun too because we've had a couple guys. We've had uh, Jason Parsons is actually a, a big big help. Um, He's even in the chat room. I really dig it. Zach Huberty, appreciate it. Mark Weeks, uh, Ryan Kudla, you guys are great. Thanks for being in there, man, uh, and being active. Can't say thank you enough. So this has been Sea Time. Episode 106 had uh, Cameron Ishmael, uh, Jay Salstrom, Salisbury Steaks, Salstrom, on this evening. Uh, Great guest, a lot of interesting stuff. Cameron and I got into a really good discussion, and I felt like we could have gone for a while. Same thing with Jay um, we don't like to keep too many people too long, so we thank you guys for paying attention. Please, SeatTime.co is where you can find us on the website. We'll archive all of our sites there, uh, all of our shows, sorry. Uh, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash SeatTime. And, of course, we're on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is SeatTime underscore CEO if you'd like to follow us. We're on the Instagram of our fun little pictures is uh, just SeatTime there. And, of course, YouTube, it's CEO. If you'd like to follow us there And remember if you are on YouTube And you subscribe to our channel There is a way that you can subscribe to email updates And YouTube will email you When we upload new uh, footage And that way you can just watch it right away You don't have to wait till we post it to the show I do have to say Remember the quote shirts Are for sale You can go to seattime.bigcartel.com And purchase yours For $20 Of course shipping is there But hey I think it's a great investment. If you'd like to purchase one from a local Texas race, the next one I will be at is round three of Toro. Please come do it. Uh, Steven, what am I missing? Oh, and Tom Tom McIntosh. Oh, uh, I shipped out your shirt last night, dude. It's on the way. Thanks for paying attention. Thanks for being in the chat room. We really appreciate your support of Seat Time. Like I said, dude, I support everybody. You guys are all awesome, so thanks for supporting Seat Time. Anything else, Steven? No? Well, then, you guys remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome. If nothing else, $10, a pint. No, this was like, this was a fifth of Canadian Hunter. Comes in a plastic bottle. It'll do you right. It may not do me right in the morning, but it'll do me right now. Unlike my wife, because she's pregnant. No. All right. Thanks for paying attention, guys. Remember to always enjoy a pint full of awesome. We'll see you next Tuesday for our GNCC wrap-up show. Bye.